Hey everybody, real quick announcement before the episode starts, there is a total of one whole curse word, so beware, watch out everybody. There's also an F-bomb, but I bleep that, so we don't have to worry about it, right? Alright, let's get this episode started. Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Saturday, July 15th, 2017, otherwise known as National Ice Cream Day. That's oh. a holiday I can get behind. Yeah, yeah, you can. What's your guys' That's favorite ice cream? One. Mike? I love just like a good M&M vanilla ice cream mix. I don't oh, care so where it's like from. A, like a McFlurry? I, I don't care if it's a McFlurry. I don't care if it's from <laughs> Brahms. Give it to me. Mm, I, I, jam. I tend to go like chocolate on chocolate. So I always like the chocolate Oof. brownie with the chocolate. Like I like See, the sort of... Inten- too rich. I like the intense consolidation <laughs> of flavors. Yeah. I'll tell you what I don't like, and that's sherbet. Sherbet can suck it. take a hike. Yeah, You suck. No. Orange sherbet. That's you the guys, only one, but orange sherbet is good. Mix that with a little bit of milk. Dream sickle. That's what that is. You guys have uh, Thrifties or Rite-Aids where you live? Uh, yeah. No, but so, I know what it is. We have so CBS. they have a... My favorite, there's this one there called Chocolate Malted Malted Crunch. crunch. Yeah, that's yes, excellent. I love that stuff. Mm. Although, yeah. ironically, I hate Whoppers, the candy. Yeah, and those those are almost more like dried, crispy marshmallows. Yeah, they're too big. I think what it is, but the ones in the in the in the uh, chocolate malted crunch, they're small, and then because you got the the wetness of the ice cream, it's a nice. Yeah, that's nice an excellent. That's an excellent flavor. Uh, that's more of like a West Coast, Southwest kind of thing. Uh, the thrifty sort of ice cream. It's like a oh, yeah. thrifty's is like a CVS or kind of like drugstore chain that yeah. had really good ice cream. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's weird. You guys always have like y'all are on opposite ends of the country, and you guys always have the same stuff. And I'm here in the middle, and it's like no, but we got well, I'm, well I we got Western Sizzler. We don't have Sizzler, <laughs> but I spent most of my life in California. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you guys? What do you have, Mike Hardy's or Carl's Jr.? Tra- Carl's Jr. Okay, so it's still Carl's Jr. There. Yeah, but my dad's from Indiana, and every time we go there, it's Hardy's. <laughs> yeah. Don't nice. know where that split lives. Don't know where the divide is. East of Oklahoma. We know yeah, that it's, much. It's the, We're going to slowly the Mississippi River. Yeah. So what are your what are you guys' weekend plans? Hang on, Chris hasn't done his it final. Uh, oh, he yeah, hasn't yeah, finished yeah. his oh, intro. Yeah, snap. hang on. I'm Chris Salmoni from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, I'm going to switch it up. Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Well, it's not always because I wasn't here last week, but mostly. With me as mostly <laughs> Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hi. And with me as always so far, right? For the, I don't know. I've missed a couple. I've done some interview ones. Yeah, that's true. For the most part. With me, 99% of the time, Mike Montgomery from Modern Hi, Dance. everybody. I'm <laughs> glad to be here 99% of the time. <laughs> so what do you guys got going this weekend? I've got an interesting project in the works. Um, yeah. So last month, I did a video that, I, that was sponsored by Ancestry DNA. It was a lot of fun. It gave me the opportunity to do kind of like some research on things that I should probably already know since I'm doing this much uh, like furniture making and everything like that. But it was a good like crash course on some things I probably should have already known. And this month I am doing another uh, Ancestry integrated video. But don't worry, guys. It's not going to be so heavily integrated. I don't need all the, the rude comments like last time. <laughs> <laughs> Do people give it to you? I'll stick to my script. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought I would try and I just thought it was a good video to really like integrate like real heavy on. I didn't think it would seem super right. uh, commercially. It was about apparently. you individually. Right. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was so like sponsory or commercially. Um, 
I just thought it kind of like went naturally with what the video was, but got a lot of backlash from it. So this one's going to be more, you know, sticking to the script. So we can be easy on that. So do you guys know the guy Edward Warmly, designer? That sounds familiar. Okay. So Binging it. Is, do it. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Every time you say that, that's going to be my response. <laughs> doubt it. Edward Warmly, he was, uh, uh, was kind of he- heavily producing things in the 50s. Okay. Um, he was big on mid-century things. And he's got a really great bench. Uh, it's kind of nicknamed the Long John Bench. Where I'm sure most people, if you Google this, you, you're familiar with this or leg design. Sorry. <laughs> Doubt it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar with the leg uh, design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really cool metal leg, but it takes, but it has no welding involved with it. And as you guys know, I want to start welding soon, but I want to kind of introduce metal working to my audience. That way it's not just like immediately like, hey guys, go build a welder so you can build what I can. I want to kind of get a couple projects out there that 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 use metal but don't necessarily require a welder and a lot of experience. Yeah. So what he's made are some I would say like hairpin style legs. When you look at them, it's kind of the same aesthetic. He made so, them using bent lamination. It so looks, are they wood or are they metal? Yeah, they're wood. Okay, I was gonna and say yeah, it looks like a wooden like hairpin leg almost. They are. They're all, the best way I could describe them is they're a wooden hairpin leg. Uh, mm-hmm. Google them, check them out. But what I want to do is obviously take inspiration from him, but find ways that I can make it unique to where I'm not ripping him off. I'm saying this is my inspiration. This is how I'm kind of using that inspiration to make something somewhat unique of my own. So he's making a bench. The legs are bent laminated. I want to use that as inspiration to make a coffee table, but make the legs out of metal. Get some flat bar steel, heat it up, and then bend it to make this contoured leg design. So I haven't started it yet at the time that we're recording, but I will at that point. So yeah, hopefully it's a fun process and it's going well. I'll put some pictures up uh, on the, of the progress on the Modern Maker Podcast Instagram if you guys want to check that out. Nice. I think there's a lot of ways you could do that that, are, that would be inspired by and not too directly derivative of. And I, I think, I think your, so. your impulse of sort of going right to a different material is, is yeah. like a good one. Because the shape is, I mean, the shape is very, I don't know what you would say, but it's like, it's, it's a unique shape. It's very obvious when you see that shape and understand where it's coming from, that that was the inspiration, but trying yeah, to find a way to make it. But I don't think he invented that shape either. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. I, I think, you know, if, if, I think if anything, he probably copied some sort of metal hairpin leg type thing okay. and thought that he said, okay, I like these things, but I want to make it out oh. of wood because that'll be harder. That's funny. So it's like, it's like a copy of a copy Just of a copy. Coming back around wow. full so, circle. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. That, that's, uh, okay. That, well, I'm going to have cool. to, I'm going to dive deeper and see what I can find then. I experimented doing something like that with copper pipe, but rather than just a loop going in one direction, I sort of crisscrossed them, uh, yeah. before. Um, and then put a screw through them, um, but uh, it looked kind of shitty, so I didn't publish it. <laughs> oh, okay, that's because uh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't remember it. Okay, the, the way the pipes bent, they like Kinked. crimped. Yeah, and I was just like, uh, I sort of pounded it out, and it's just like then it was just a mess, and I was like, recycled the copper. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm working on. Hopefully, it goes well. I'll put some progress picks up, as well as the picture that I found, like as an inspiration. I'll make a little slideshow slide so y'all can see that. Uh, Chris, what do you got going on, man? I think Ben might have just dropped dead. I know. No, <laughs> I, oh, he's back. Okay. There he is. I dropped the clamp. No, I'm, uh, I actually have to go to a, 
and notice I immediately say have to go to a wedding this Saturday and it's going to be like 97 degrees and it's at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be, it is going to be hot. It's going to be a celebration of love and commitment and sweat. Is there going to be an open bar though? Then it's worth it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just drink, drink the heat away. Um, so yeah, I got that, (laughs) I got that going and then I, uh, I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to go ahead and say that I will finish off that dining room table this weekend. I hope so. I mean, it's pretty much done. I just got to screw stuff together and put the finishing touches on it and literally put the finish touches on it and you know, the finish. Um that's always confusing. Like I feel like that brings up a lot of like loophole conversations when you're saying I just have to finish it and it's like, "Oh, so you're on the finish. Well, I have to sand it and then I have to finish <laughs> or whatever." But anyway, yeah, that's that's all I got going this weekend. Cool, cool. Ben, you're Benny? out here getting a, getting a nice forearm workout with that spring clamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be... Life hack. I think I'm, uh, I'm in New York this weekend for a couple meetings, um, talking to a couple people I went to design school with about doing some, some collaborative type of work. Uh, really right now... In what capacity? Um, more into sort of installation art, textiles, and sort of food capacity. So right now, I'm really in the mode where I'm, I'm thinking about sort of expansion. Uh, okay. So uh, in it right now, it's like me, my sister Jessie, uh, my sort of graphic designer, uh, Hannah. And then I recently added a new employee, uh, Jamie. I think I gave her a shout out on my, my Instagram stories recently, and I'll yeah. be tagging her in posts. Um and so I'm just looking to keep building the team and uh, really take this sort of content production to the next level. And so, when you say that, do you mean bringing more people to produce content, like other people on camera? Yes. Um, are, you, are you nervous about that a little bit? Not at all. With like, um, with, or like with viewer reception, I guess? No. Because uh, you just don't care? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I'm I, 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 I uh, I mean, I care about viewer retent or you know retention, reception, and stuff like that. But if the people are attached to me as opposed to the design content, then uh, I'd rather just weed them out and get rid of them. Um, and it's it's one of the reasons why, like uh, you know, early on, like I stopped talking on camera, is that I wanted to build an audience that was interested in accessible design, not in me, because uh, I had a feeling that. You know, I might not be interested in making YouTube videos forever. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm interested in is design and, you know, sort of impacting an industry. Um, and you can only go so far at, at, at sort of one person. So I, I think of like, you know who Bill Simmons is? The Yeah, the sports guy. Yeah, the literally the sports guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think what he sort of did with Grantland and then the Ringer is sort of what I would like to do with sort of design um, is he still is very much like the face of it and still produces a ton of content. Doesn't write as much as he should because I like his writing, Um, but he still hosts podcasts and stuff like that. And but he also is sort of curating and then bringing voices to more people. I'm a firm believer that there's way more talent than there is opportunities. Um, Mm. And. I'm just so sick of seeing like what sort of like traditional media platforms in this genre produce with tons of resources. Uh, so, you know, when I was sort of thinking of scaling and what's the next step, it could be, Oh, 
you blow up your YouTube channel and then you get big enough and then somebody asks you to be on a TV show. Um, well, that's not really <laughs> that's not really an upgrade. Right. Uh, in, in many cases, it's a smaller audience and less money. Um, in some cases, it's a bigger audience and way bigger money, but it's normally if you're owning your own content. Yeah. So the minute I sort of saw that that wasn't the direction I was you know, primarily interested in, it was like, well, then what are the other options? Um, and if the limiting factor is you know, your own ability to produce, it's like I know a ton of designers that were way better designers than me in design school. Um, and from there, it's just sort of figuring out how to bring them on, how to maintain consistency, how to create motivations for people. All that stuff is incredibly hard. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to turn it into this massive thing, but I'm definitely pursuing the possibilities of how do I tap into more creativity that's sort of sitting around out there and create sort of uh, systematic ways with monetary compensation and exposure to, to motivate people to produce under these channels. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's channels that are doing that. I mean, you look at, is it Tested? Doesn't Adam Savage own Tested? Isn't that, like, his channel? I don't actually watch it. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I I only watch, like, I'm not subscribed to Tested. I'll say that. I only watch interesting things that get suggested to me. But I think it's kind of that same situation where I think it's his channel. Like, he owns it. He's, like, the final say in all of it. But he's not in every video. He's not involved with every video. And they're still very successful, you know? Yeah, and there's plenty of examples that are outside of of uh, our space, you know, like BuzzFeed and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Where yeah, you'll be the first one to do post. it. You'll be the first one to do it, I think, out of the people kind of like in our space to bring in other people. I'm sure there's other move. people. I'm sure there's other people doing it, and I haven't done anything yet, so it's like I don't get carried away, but that's why I'm going to be in New York. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, okay. But it's like uh, the interesting thing is is that I think that the, one of the ways to tap in is uh, through, not through sort of, I mean, I'm, you have to hire some people full time just to sort of get that consistency. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out a way to find people that are really talented designers that are kind of bored with their day job and how to get them to contribute. So like my friend Wei, um, who uh, worked on that leather bag camera case that I recently posted a YouTube video of, mm-hmm. uh, she's like a professional graphic designer. She's really good. She works for like major sort of apparel companies and stuff like that. Um, but you know, she doesn't always 100% creatively fulfilled by her, her day job. So it's like, she's always looking for something to do. And you know, one of the things that motivates her is that I'll actually push her to finish something because if it's just a hobby only, it's like, Oh, I can work on this hobby and I'm at, but I'm at a frustrating point and all my friends are going out drinking Screw it. I'm going out. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you sort of create sort of opportunities in this case to exhibit uh, at our upcoming show, I'm like, hey, I just want you to produce two pieces that are going to be that are going to be on exhibition. It creates sort of deadlines and opportunity to sort of produce that motivation. And she's brought a whole bunch of like really cool skill sets and ideas to the to the team. Awesome. That's really cool. Chris, weekend plans. Uh, I am going to go to a wedding. Hot wedding. It's going to be hotter than balls. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I already asked you. Damn. Yeah. That's why Chris is host these days. Well, <laughs> okay. my, my, you're at the age where you haven't started going to a lot of weddings yet, right? I, I, uh, I've gone to two weddings in the past two months. Uh, uh, that's it's right. yeah, just yeah. starting. It's, it's happening. 
and it's See, only going to keep happening. I've been going to divorce parties more likely. <laughs> that's what. That's the point of lives we're in. Then right you're gonna now. you're gonna be getting ready for round two weddings. Div- divorce Man, I'll part- tell you what the uh, I, the last wedding I went to. It sounds a lot like the wedding you're about to go to, Chris. It was outside, ninety degrees, and there was no shade. <laughs> yeah, fry. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So should we uh, stop talking about weddings and get into some questions? Let's do it. Let's just do like 15 more minutes okay. on Well, no, fine. <laughs> you know what's funny, though, is a lot of my concrete vases and stuff have been used to make wedding centerpieces. Oh, like centerpieces? Oh, yes. Yeah. And that's a go. great application for like a small, clever sort of like planter or sort of trinket project. If you make it and then you tag it, wedding, DIY wedding centerpiece. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. true. Good yeah. stuff. Get all those oh, crazy brides. Oh, and if you want to keep talking about weddings... The second, I, do. I don't know, like three weeks ago, I posted a video on a wooden sign with the people's last name yeah. on it. That was for a wedding. There we uh-huh. go. Mm. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Where's your wedding content at? I got to get on it, man. <laughs> I'm going to do like some, I don't know, cake figures <laughs> oh. or whatever. I'll whittle them. <laughs> awesome. So our first question comes from, coming from Instagram. Thanks for all, uh, all those uh, DMs of smart thoughtful questions and nudes both appreciated um (laughs) maybe by ben Uh. and this is this is coming from sawdust underscore hack and his question is are there any bigger projects that you want to do but that you aren't sure would work for youtube you know i don't know i want to build a house I want to build a shipping container home. I don't know how I would structure that for YouTube. Granted, it's also something that wouldn't happen for a year or so. Um, but that's one of those really, really big projects that I don't know how I would package it, whether it'd be a multiple video thing or one big 30-minute video. I don't know. I also want to flip houses. Um, you know, that was why I did that bathroom renovation video is I wanted to see kind of what my audience thought of that video. And first off, thank you, everyone overwhelming support yeah that was was that was really good that was really good it was it was it was a cool video i think and it's performing really really well so that gives me like a good i I think that video is going to do way above your average i think it it already is in terms of like first couple weeks of views it's doing really really well so i'm planning on doing a room renovation every other month for the next few months until i have enough money to put a down payment on a house to flip or not put but to just have enough money to flip a house and that is going to be my first real challenge with how am I going to package that? I could do, yeah. see, this is something that, this is something we've talked about uh, outside of the podcast as a group, but it's one of those things where it's going to be, you know, probably eight episodes, quote unquote episodes that are about 10 to 15 minutes long a piece where each one would be, you know, an episode where I find the house, buy the house, you know, and then basically each room or each, each space would be its own individual episode. And then finally, the the closing episode of selling the house, going over, this is what I spent, this is what I made, this is what I, this is what I would do differently. Right. And it's one of those things is, do I want to package that under the Modern Builds umbrella? Do I want to try and make another channel for that? Do I want to try and shop that to like Netflix or something like that? Um, or at least the idea before I film it. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where there are definitely things where i've i've thought about that how do i package it and does it fit my channel so yeah yeah i think uh the actual part of the question or where where my head goes is not that are there projects that you want to do 
that wouldn't work for YouTube. It's usually most of the big projects. It's just they would make great YouTube content. I think it's just a matter of investing mm-hmm. all that time and not being able to put out the regular right. content. So like a few weeks back, I talked about that idea that I had for the console where it was kind of like, a, um, what was I called? Remember we were talking, it looked like a stealth yeah. bomber. The, that's what it reminded me of. It was kind of like that, like, um, what's it called? Uh, I don't know, old style, but like a modern interpretation right. of it. And I know that build is going to be, you know, 70 hours or something. And so do I want to invest all that time to make one video when I could make two videos instead? So it's, it's finding the time to do that. And I think really the way that I'm doing my channel right now, like is kind of unsustainable because most of my projects are like, you know, 35 to 40 hour builds that I'm doing when, you know, if you're just thinking about it from a perspective of getting content out, I'm much better off doing things that take 10 hours to make. But everybody needs to go support Chris on Patreon (laughs) and then we'll, we'll, you need to set a goal for quit your job. No, I think that like, honestly, I think the long term, and I don't want to do it yet, but I think the long, and then the style of the videos would have to change. But really the long term solution is to do something that is like the kind of like the bigger type of pieces that I'm building right now and maybe even more ambitious things, but breaking them down into multiple videos. But I don't know. There's something about that, that it just doesn't have that same appeal of like it being a self-contained thing. I don't, that you I don't think so. so. Yeah. yeah it's, I, it's tough. I don't know. The only way I could see that being a thing is I know April Wilkerson has done that in the past and that's uh-huh. because she's on a weekly schedule. Okay. Um, so if it's a thing where your, your audience maybe has an expectation for a video every week and that's the they only don't. way you can, and that's <laughs> the only way you can fulfill it, then I guess that's an option. But when it comes to like final, final product five years, two years down the line, I think it'll look a lot better to have full videos yeah. of projects. No, I think that it's one of the, I mean, honestly, even doing a big project a month is yeah. not sustainable in the long run. Like I'm Only able to do it right it, now. Man. Huh? Not with that attitude, it's not. <laughs> it's, I mean, if you're doing it now with a full-time job and like family and all that. I don't think it's I the, say it, I don't think it's the 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 doing it. If I had, is it the an, time investment or the like? It's the ideas. time investment and the ideas. Yeah, it's it's the ideas and what I'm doing. You right really now, think having you'll like, run out of ideas? Not that I'll run out of ideas, but having like just run out of good ones. No, exactly. <laughs> no, I will have to like start kind of rehashing things, which I think, I mean, not rehashing, but I think it's fine if I build something that's similar to something else I built. Oh, yeah. I think that'll be fine. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry myself about that too much. But I think that somebody that's do or, or the course that I'm on probably like you know the business side of things would be more to do something kind of like what the Wood Whisperer does where he has really? like the guild yeah and he has people that are like and so you're doing these projects that are like very involved and you can like get into that nitty gritty detail that right now honestly I'm glossing over those things like you know is that something you're interested in though like being a teacher almost essentially. Um, because that's, I mean, whenever I look at, when I look at Mark is like, yeah. he's kind of like, he's like the woodshop teacher of YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I like mean, when it gets stripped down to it, I think maybe it's something that I could grow to be comfortable in. I don't think I'm there right yeah. now just because I don't feel like I have the confidence like to impart knowledge on people because I feel like I'm still soaking it all in. But um, yeah. like, I feel like if anything that I am comfortable teaching about, it's more like the aesthetic side of things. Mm. So I don't know if there's a path to go down there, but I don't know. I'm just spitballing. It's interesting yeah. because the the question is, are there any bigger projects that you want to do, but that you aren't sure would work for YouTube? And what Chris is basically saying is that, well, hey, I'm already doing that and I'm not sure if it's going to work long term. 
yeah. Uh, which, which is interesting. So the, I mean, I tend not to like sort of multi-episode uh, videos right. for single projects because I think it just eliminates the people that sort of come halfway through things. Um, right. The like uh, Mike, and, you know, I, I bought a shipping container all, already that I'm still just trying to fit, find the right time and to turn into a house. Oh, did you really? Yeah. How um, big? 20 foot, 9 feet tall. The, nice. The, the tall, the height, the height is, the, is, yeah, the height is the important thing. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it's a formatting question and also just a sort of logistics and cost thing. So it's not that they're too big for YouTube, meaning that long, big, involved projects don't work on the platform. I think the question is just more, does is it commensurate t- with the type of money you can make on sort of smaller, faster sort of media hits? Um, right. Which so it, which makes I think larger projects like that probably not. Uh, well, it makes YouTube not the only option for a video hosting for those things. Yeah. Right. So, for example, if I'm doing a uh, shipping container conversion to a house, there's a good chance I'm not going to do it on YouTube. I might do it just on iTunes, and then it's like a for sale sort of media thing, almost like a eight part documentary or something like that interesting yeah, and yeah, something yeah. like that i would definitely involve a uh you know bringing professional production people it's also a question of formats and uh how do you keep people's attention right what what are your guys's longest videos that you've ever made my longest one was my most recent and it when i finished the edit it was at 10 minutes and 30 seconds so i cut it down to nine and a half yeah <laughs> i couldn't bring myself to cross 10 minutes I think I'm like 14 minutes, probably somewhere right. around there. So, and, and when I when I sort of research this and seen this, right, it's like it seems like about 10 to 15 minutes is where you really start to le- lose people, unless there's like a shift in sort of story arc or something like that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So most of our stuff, even if there's multiple parts to the build or multiple ideas that we talk about, or different even little segments where here's where we struggled and here's how it resolved. They're, they're really one sort of arc. Um, and I think yeah. the minute you start to get where you're asking people to sit there and watch something uh, for longer than that is where uh, the storytelling and narrative challenge becomes a little bit greater. So for me, the question isn't, are there bigger projects? It's more like, how do you want to sort of fulfill all, you know, how do you want to engage people for longer amounts of time with sort of just building stuff. Um, mm. Cause like one of my favorite YouTube channels is primitive technology. Have you guys seen that where he goes into the yeah. woods, and builds from scratch. Could you imagine how exhausting it'd be to watch like a two hour version of that? <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's just like I, slowly lighting a fire. Right. Yeah. I find that sort of ex- to be exceptional content, both from a creative standpoint and execution standpoint, uh, just the ingenuity and skill set, and also just appreciating how much work would go into it. Um, but when you watch something like, have you seen Planet Earth? Yeah. Um, like the the new one, it's just phenomenal. It is. Uh, but there's there's a lot of skill that goes into it, other than just the doc, you know, the of how they what they document, right? It's really it's really putting it all together. Um, so there are some bigger projects that I'd like to do. I think the the ones that I'm uh, I think the house ones will work for video 
like the shipping container houses or tiny house yeah. builds. Mm-hmm. The the one that I'm that I'm sort of more on the fence about. I, I know those projects will work for video. The one, the big one that I'm not sure if I want to take on for video, is this whole process of trying to get the bigger workshop right and fixing up that building. Yeah. And it's more just because it, it's also like an attention suck, right? Where these projects that happen over a long period of time, like a house build, right? Where you're waiting for financing, you're waiting for these things. It means part of your brain is occupied on the back burner thinking about them. And, you know, financial resources or even just like memory cards and stuff like that is tied up with right. or footage is all this stuff. And you're not actually be able to publish a video until way down the line unless you're just blogging it live. Um, so... Those are all the things to sort of consider, I think, more than the sort of size of the project. Cool. So how would you uh, – so when you talk about doing like an eight-episode thing with a, with a tiny ship – or with a shipping container home build, how do you see mm-hmm. yourself separating eight episodes out of that? Uh, yeah, I'll send you an outline that, I, that I've created before. Um, I think it would be more related to the specific challenges, right? Yeah. And yeah. to think to make it interesting from a storytelling perspective, right? I think there would have to be some of those things, like where because if I just commissioned it and just like hired, brought in like, oh, here's an electrician or something like that, I think I'd have to lay it out how sort of specific challenges to me that I'd face in each episode without it being sticky. Um, and I also think it would be a way of sort of relaying how I'm sort of dealing it relative to like a financial constraint you know, for like $25,000, right? Might be right. like the budget that I sent. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, would, I would find a way of sort of showing how we're trying to do that and then how that sort of ar- granted arbitrary sort of constraint um, is, is creating frustration or, 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 or dictating some sort of tension or drama um, on, on a sort of design standpoint, not on a, on a human standpoint. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Here's a uh, impromptu hypothetical for you guys kind of on this, on this topic. Let's hear it. So let's say that money, subscribers, all that stuff is going to be exactly the same no matter what. Okay. Would you rather have to do a video every week, so a new project and a new video every week, like, you know, however long you want the video to be, so two minutes, five minutes, whatever, or... You have to do a. You can only do a project every two months, but it has to be at least a fifteen-minute video. A uh, project. A uh, project months. every week. Whoa! I'd go the two months, obviously. Yeah, I yeah. do one every two months, um, and I, I would just keep escalating. Uh, I would just backlog. Yeah. I would do. I would do eight. Because if it's just a thing, I would like. If it was a forced thing, I would just do eight eight projects in the span of two weeks. Then I've got the next six weeks to do something big. Okay. I see. Yeah. So you'd still be, you'd still find a way to get mm-hmm. the bigger projects in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Chris relative to your situation, I think the thing that would be interesting is I wouldn't change anything about what you do. I think I might just add, not change. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and I think it would be like adding like the occasional sort of, uh, it's funny. Like I, I you know, I, I love David Picciuto from uh, Formerly Drunken Woodworker and now from Make Something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I often think it'd be cool if you guys sort of switched sort of project scales every once in a while, right? Like, so yeah. he did. So I got to do two a week? No. So he, he you did more little things, right? Like I, oh, one, yeah, of, yeah. one of his favorite projects that, uh, that, that I thought was just so clever was when he just upgraded his remote control, right? Oh, yeah. He used his laser cutter 
to make uh, his his you know plastic TV remote control look like a really cool mid century modern kind of like salt you know wood real wood remote control. Yeah, and to me that's like such a cool thing, right? Because you know in our previous episode we talked about making it versus buying it. Mm-hmm. You can buy an expensive TV, but you can't pick your remote control. But he made it custom. And Very that's true, a thing yeah. that's sitting on your coffee table that's always visible, right? So people will care. They'll spend 40 bucks on a coffee table book that's going to sit there because it looks nice. So I think it's awesome that he is probably one of the few people that owns a custom wood remote <laughs> control, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think it would be interesting if you sort of worked occasionally at that scale, that kind of like small, smaller sort of scale to, to create sort of, you know, projects that weren't so sort of material exhaustive and stuff like that that's well to kind of bring in what we're like so what mike just said he would do with the whole like backloading project so that he could do those big things that's kind of how i would use those small projects and that's kind of what i did like knowing that this dining room table was going to take me a lot longer than than the normal one that's why i did try to build a couple quicker things you know for my you know what I define as quick. So like the the redoing the wall organizer thing yeah. that I did a couple of weeks ago. And it's funny cuz that video is actually doing better than my average video does. Really? And I think it's because people do like those kind of like, you know, doable projects. It, it's something that's more like idea based than like uh I don't know what what you even want to say. Not that it's not aesthetic based, but it's more like, oh, that's a cool simple idea or whatever. And obviously it was an idea that I already had, so I was kind of just like making a simplified version of it. But um, yeah, I think that's how I would have to do it is I'd have to say, okay, this project is going to take me a few weeks to do. Let me think of like two smaller projects that I can do to kind of like give me that leeway. Yeah. And on the flip side, I would love to see some more big projects from Dave. Yeah, no, that's um, what I was saying. It's like I'd love it, yeah. to see them sort of switch project yeah. types every once in a while. Because like he kills it video, when he does it. Yeah, one video that really obviously sticks out is the coffee stand he made, that like, kind of mid-century thing. Love really that project. That it was awesome. And I think that goes across the board. I think everyone's like, yeah, I love that video. So Shout, shout out to David Pacino. Yeah. Awesome dude. Yeah, if you're not watching yeah. Make Something, you should be. So go do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, real, the real reason for this podcast, Dave, I hope you're listening. This is an intervention. We care about you. And we just want to see you make some big projects. Yeah, this, we're using this as our direct line to Dave. <laughs> but, for example, like D- Dave makes all those awesome... Uh, uh, like bandsaw boxes and stuff yeah. like that. Like I would love to see, you know, the four eyes version of some of those boxes. Right. Um, <laughs> Mike's got the book. Yeah. yeah. I, I have the, I have the book too. Uh, Hold it up. <laughs> but it's not within yeah. arm's reach. Right. <laughs> you don't love it as much as Mike does. Um, so I think that that would be some like interesting sort of ways to do that. But yeah. Awesome. Go on to the next question. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do We're one on more quick one. All right. This is from also from Instagram. And it's from an account called Charleston Crafted. Mm-hmm. Since you guys film out of your homes and work with so much social media, how do you handle work-life balance? How do you cut off work mode? Poorly. Um, no. <laughs> I feel like that's the answer for all three of us is like, <laughs> we really don't too much. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, I mean, you guys kind of have it a little bit easier to me because you don't have somebody else that's like dictating to you to cut off work mode. Yeah. You know, you guys can kind of be like, hey, if I want to work, I'm going to work. And yeah. But then again, you also uh, have that like forced off switch as well. Whereas like we don't have the excuse of like, "Eh, I literally have to go to my my family. It's like, "Eh, I can, (laughs) you know, stay. I'll just pull like two all nighters in a row and get all this done. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 
Wait. It's weird. There's like a, there's there's definitely a, for me there's like a weird counterbalance of like guilt on either side. Yeah. Either feeling guilty <laughs> that I'm not working enough or feeling guilty that I'm working too much right. and I should be right. doing I, I, I want to dispel this myth, right? Like that all like my married friends love to act like as if like people that are unmarried have so much more free time because they're not married. Right. Dude, it's not the marriage, <laughs> it's the kid. That, that, that I get, right? Um, but I have some plants that I have to take now. Oh, <laughs> we saw that. Like, um, you got a grow like that. Yeah, I was about to say, but did you guys see the writing desk I just made? I have yeah. to tend to those plants. Yeah, but... Uh, no, dude, seriously, you know what? Before, it's funny, like, well, my wife and I will often talk about before we had a kid. Uh-huh. It's not that... It's not that we seemingly had so much time then. It's just like sometimes we'll look at, our, at each other and just be like, what did we do with our time? Like now it'll just be like a mad rush after work. You do all these things. And then like all of a sudden it's like 945 and you're like, okay, now we have like 45 free minutes. You watched yeah. Big Brother. No. <laughs> That's what you do. But you what knock saying, one of those out babe? in 20 minutes. No, it's just that I, th- I think we always figure out a way to fill the time no matter the things. And it's like when, when people are actually in the situation that Chris is in where they're sort of, you know, contemplating sort you know having a full-time job and sort of like a side hustle kind of thing that eventually could become something more uh, substantial yeah i often find that the assumption is that oh the minute they go full-time their productivity increases by those sort of 40 to 50 hours that they now have but i often find that's not the case um that the sort of side hustle situation forces you to be incredibly efficient uh with it and that when you do have full time, you find that you're, you're, you know, let's say you're working, you know, 10 to 20 hours a week. And that if you were to switch that to 60 hours a week, I don't think your output would triple. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely diminishing returns. Right. Yeah. So uh, that that's one sort of aspect of balance. And that's why I think sort of balance is, you know, or, or the conventional sort of uh, thought of balance is, you know, kind of dumb. Um, it's like, no, I don't, I don't want balance in any week. Like I want, uh, you know, I, I want extreme surges of productivity that create opportunity for that I can do whatever the fuck I want whenever I want to. Um, so it's like, I, I like the idea of, I mean, there's times where I worked probably like every day for like almost two years straight. And then there's other times where I probably took months off and just traveled, um, mm-hmm. Uh, there's time where you know when my last company uh when we sold it um where i said oh i want to go back to teaching so i went and lived in in bangkok for a year and taught architecture uh it was like this is awesome this is so much fun um so i think i i like to think of balance over over a life of experiences but not has this sort of like 10 hours of rest every week and then i go to yoga and then i make something and you know no i don't i don't want I don't want balance to take the edge off of the things that I do. I want balance to mean that I'm doing a lot of things to a high level in interesting ways that create more opportunities. So I, I want very asymmetrical balance, not like averaged balance. That's interesting because that's averaged balance is what I've been trying to manufacture for like the past month. Is like mm-hmm. trying to find a schedule that I know I like a daily schedule that I know is like I can stick to this. It's going to keep me on task and it's going to keep me productive. So that's interesting that you say that. That's also, that's also an optimization thing, though, too. 
Right. That's, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, I, I would think that that situation is more like you're saying, okay, I am my own machine that generates income and I want to run in a healthy way, but maximize production. Yeah. So this kind of efficient, you don't want to put the RPMs in the red because the machine will eventually break down, but you also want to get the most output from it. So I'd say that, you know, people from the outside would say that that isn't balanced because, you know, you're not you know, working on, you know, you know, your, uh, your ballet dance lessons or like these like diverse other things. Right. Right. Um, I think you're pretty, you're pretty focused. And, uh, I think you've seen like a path where you can like take control of like your future and, and, and self better yourself and create like a, a pretty epic business for yourself. Um, so I think you're like, you're motivated by that sort of pursuit, I would guess. Right. Um, and so you're trying to really figure out how to, to take yourself as the sort of machine running it and optimize it and get everything just working so you can just do that. Um, yeah. But I, I would say that, like, you know, even you talking about how, you know, you're focusing, you're focusing on, like, losing weight or, or, or your diet and stuff like that, that's showing well-rounded interests. Um, yeah. But I think you're also seeing that if, you, you know, that kind of maintenance interest actually make your sort of everything else work better right yeah it's true yeah but i don't want balance in terms of like 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 vacations on on the beach like i like them for like the first few days and then it's like catch up on sleep that and then it's like no i want to be not working i want to be pursuing something that's difficult that's going to be beneficial forever to me very good perspective. I like it. You're getting a, this is like life lessons. For, this is big. <laughs> I like it. No, I love it. It's awesome. So. Well, weekends with Ben. Yeah. <laughs> it also might be like developed from a long life of being defensive from uh, yeah. <laughs> people I've uh, dated telling me how little balance I have. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, no, I think everything interesting that I've been passionate about, I've done in like uh, you know, surges or, or like if I'm excited about something, that's all I want to do. Yeah. Awesome. That's very cool. Do we got another question? Or we want to close it out with a hypothetical. Let's do some hypotheticals. Let's do one. Do we have one or I have to come up with something? Here we go. Here's the hypothetical. If you could gain one skill in an elite level with no practice, no counterproductive, you know, side effect from it, what would your one amazing skill be moonwalking and then what would you use and then what would you use that skill for for moonwalk i'd use my moonwalking skill to moonwalk no i would uh (laughs) um we kind of talked about this a little bit before but oh we did i really i really like just like hand drawing just oh yeah i remember you. i'd really love to be able to like like I still, I'll just like watch videos of people drawing stuff and I'm just like mesmerized by it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm t- it's oh, just such a, an amazing talent for me or to me. Mike, can you draw well? Um, no, not great. Just, yeah, I, I can't either. Uh, no. It's funny that we're all like sort of associated with being on like sort of good design taste, but not. I know. I'm decent. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm, terrible, but. My brother is a great drawer, so I always wanted to be good, but. So I would I drew a lot because I wanted to be like as good as him, but I never was. You know, I think that would actually be if I had like a ton of money where I didn't have to worry about anything, and I was just like, I'm gonna set some kind of goal and focus on it. I would start another YouTube channel that was just like me learning how to draw. You'd be Peter. You ever watch Peter draws? No. I'll go watch Peter draws. But did he like document his like like no, you know, coming no, from no, just no, being no. average and let's see how good I can get at this? No. 
But that's a good perspective just on good. a channel, though. Yeah, he's just always been good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be like an interesting project. I mean, it'd be interesting in almost any discipline to just be like, I'm just going to document me doing this. Like, imagine if you had started your YouTube channel, like, before you ever cut a piece of wood. And it's just like, I'm just going to document this entire thing. And then going from that to, like, eventually It'd being be good cool. at it, that'd be really cool to, yeah. to see. I would count cards. Yeah. For me, for me, it would it would just be probably like the ability to quickly learn any language, right? Or okay. to be able to speak all languages. Um, I think cool. that would be like the most interesting because it's like I've traveled a lot of places, but that's the the limiting factor is always the your ability to interact and to fully un, fully get that immersive uh, experience. That's cool. But yeah, yeah, languages I think would be a good one. Uh, counting cards is, is an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a, a, a friend of mine uh, wrote the, the MIT Blackjack books. Oh, uh, wow. Ben, ben Mesrick. Um, a fellow Ben. Yeah. And I once met, uh, not through Ben, but actually through another friend, uh, one of the guys that was the, the sort of Russian guy that was uh, sort of featured in the second sort of uh, counting uh, uh, Blackjack book. A uh, really interesting guy who now is like a really smart tech investor, um, and yeah, that's a you know those people yeah. are normally pretty sharp. Yeah, because it would also imply that I'm just like pretty smart in general. So I'd take that. <laughs> you can't be you can't count cards and be a dummy. So, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, Rain Man. Oh well, yeah. You got well. Guy's an idiot. <laughs> oh gosh. So Savant. so counting cards. Speak all languages and better at drawing. Awesome. And I think you and ranked them in the best and moonwalking. order. moonwalking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, as always, we would appreciate a review. We've got stickers on the way. They're going to be here for next week. So if you want to get orders in and go ahead. You know what? I'm just going to say it now. Because probably by the time this comes out, we'll probably have stickers back in. So this is the rundown. And if you didn't get a sticker last time, it's because, A, we either, either ran out or you didn't follow the directions completely. Um, scolding and them, huh, Mike? Th- I'm, not, I'm not scolding anyone. I'm just saying that's, it, it was one of those two. Follow directions. It wasn't my fault. No, fine. So, this, hey, this society is built on rules. We must follow them. So, this is how you get a super killer Modern Maker Podcast sticker. Go to iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you can review podcasts. Give it a review. We love five-star reviews. We're not saying you have to give a five-star review, but we would very much appreciate it. Take a screenshot of that review and then email modernmakerpodcast at gmail.com. That screenshot as well as your shipping info. I can't tell you how many people emailed me a screenshot of the review, but nowhere for me to send it. So to those people... Just recent to to anybody that didn't get a sticker, go back. Make sure you did all did all of those things in order. And if you didn't, just resend an email. Make sure I have the shipping info, and I will get back to you. I'm not gonna like respond to all the emails just because there's a lot of them. But that is how you get your sticker. And we a really really appreciate all the reviews. And b um we just we just appreciate you for listening. Stickers are cool. Yeah, stickers are cool. We love you. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Later.